0: Section thirty-seven of Criminal Investigation, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All the LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avahi in June two thousand fifteen. Criminal Investigation: A Practical Handbook for Magistrates, Police Officers, and Lawyers, Volume One. By Hans Gross. Translated by John Adam and John Collier Adam. Section 37. The Expert and How to Make Use of Him. Section 9. Photography. A. Importance of Photography from a Judicial Point of View. Photography is indeed neither an art nor a science, its artistic or scientific claims it owes to various arts and a great number of sciences, but the debts it has incurred have been paid with usury. It may be said nowadays that there is no art or science which has not recourse to photography and does not owe it precious and incalculable benefits. Especially brilliant are the services rendered by photography to the criminal law, However recent the applications of photography in criminal matters may be, yet today they are nonetheless multitudinous, and there even exists a whole series but dimly foreshadowed. We know approximately that we are able to employ photography in certain circumstances, and how we ought to do so, and yet we know but an infinitesimal number of the cases in which it may be useful. The number of these cases will increase, for we are not content with having direct recourse to photography properly so called, but profit besides by all the applications of photography in other sciences. Whoever reads a photographic review without losing sight of the part played by photography in criminal matters will soon be convinced that, perhaps in a very short time, we will be in a position to apply new principles to at least some questions. We benefit moreover from the following circumstances. We have among lawyers a pretty considerable number of amateur photographers who know how photography may be made use of in criminal cases. We need not therefore fear that precious discoveries and experiments will remain unapplied. No doubt we must proceed systematically and gather together everything which may be of assistance in this connection. To obtain a bird's-eye view of the matter two questions may be asked with regard to the services of photography what are the services it may render to criminalists today and what are the services which we may expect from it in the future as regards the former it would be necessary for the jurist as well as the amateur photographer and generally speaking every person conversant with the applications of photography to continually ask if, in the particular case he is studying, recourse cannot be had to photography. As regards the latter point, it must be asked in what sense photography will have to be developed to solve such and such a difficulty. After this, all the experiments made when questions are asked must be gathered together for subsequent profit today röntgen rays have become of immeasurable importance to us for it can be said that they in certain cases bring the same certainty as to the living body that in the dead only post-mortem examination can afford that thus extraordinary results are achieved need not be insisted upon a full review of the many cases in which röntgen photographs can already today be used from the forensic standpoint is to be found in the works of Goldfield, Levinson, Nessel, Gaspar, Benedict, Holzknecht, Stölzing, and Tröger. The rapidity with which these questions have developed is shown by the fact that in the third edition of this book we wrote what the French, namely Dr. Grasse in Montpellier and Dr. Ferul in Narbonne, have reported about seeing through solid bodies may well be a little exaggerated. Let us first deal with the personality of the photographer who comes to the aid of the investigating officer. Here we are able to make a distinction, at least in theory. Many cases occur where it is merely necessary to photograph without worrying whether the result is more or less successful. It is always possible to rectify and correct in the report of the case even grave faults in a photograph. Such photographs may be, for example, the place of a fire the position of an individual who has been killed, the scene of a railway accident, landslip, or explosion, etc. If the photograph does not produce an exact impression, it may be stated in the report as follows. The distance between the buildings A and B does not seem so far to the eye as on the photograph. It only extends according to measurements to double the length of the house A, or the position of a corpse was not so perpendicular as might be believed from the photograph. The grass upon which it lay was sloping about twelve degrees. Such photographic proofs, where it is only required to give an idea of localities or reproduce the position of objects, the general impression or certain details, may be made by any one who has taken up photography. It is not necessary to call in the professional photographer expressly for the purpose the amateur photographer is more than sufficient. And as it is often embarrassing, or at least costly, to engage a professional photographer, it is desirable that the greater number of investigating officers become amateur photographers. In this way, photographs may be obtained in numerous criminal cases, thus elucidating the case and facilitating the work. It is in this way that the well-known chemical legist Dr. Paul Jeserich has worked for many years. On commissions which he has attended he has never ceased to insist upon the importance of photographs from a criminal point of view. Photography, he says, is entirely objective and always impartial. It is capable of fixing certain details which may perhaps be of subsequent importance and of which no one has dreamed at the time of the inspection of localities it is for this reason that the sensible advice is given of taking several views from different sides, for it frequently happens that at the time of the visit to the scene of the crime the important and decisive side cannot yet be indicated and indeed many investigating officers have already recognized the importance of photography we often find appended to the report of an inspection of a locality a photograph made by an investigating officer in his capacity of amateur photographer, and it is needless to add that the report has gained enormously in clearness and simplicity thereby. No doubt the State cannot order every investigating officer to buy a photographic camera and its accessories to procure all the necessary chemicals and impose upon him the always wearisome duty of developing, printing, washing, fixing, and mounting but little by little it will recognize the importance of photography from a criminal standpoint. The State ought to facilitate the use of photography and furnish photographic apparatus not only to criminal courts, but also to all important police stations. Almost everywhere will be found an investigating officer or head constable who will learn to work it and who will take over the business. By buying a large number of cameras, their price, which is nowadays not high, will be far from excessive, and the profit obtained therefrom will largely compensate the initial outlay. So much for cases in which the investigating officer himself, or through a photographer called in by him, ought and can take photographs. It is quite otherwise in cases in which the scientific photographer, or rather the photographic scientist, comes in. It is these latter cases which give to photography the important and unexpected place which it occupies in criminal investigations. It has already assumed this position, though it may as yet be in its infancy, and every day may bring to light a new side of its importance. Perchance in a little while we shall hardly be able to understand how we were able formerly to conduct any case without invoking at each moment the aid of scientific photography. It seems absolutely impossible to exaggerate the importance photography will assume several years hence. But care should be taken not to hope for too much. A short time ago, for example, a question was raised. Can a thought be brought onto a photographic plate? Mr. Ingalls Rogers seeks to answer this in The Amateur Photographer. His efforts are indeed remarkable he fixed postage stamps on a black card and gazed at them for a moment. The room was then darkened, and the sensitive photographic plate was fixed in the same place where the stamps had been. When Rogers examined the plate twenty minutes later, he found two clear pictures of the stamps upon it. These are reproduced in the amateur photographer. But were they really the stamps thought about? It is difficult to indicate the line of demarcation between the work of the ordinary photographer and of the scientific photographer. This depends on the one hand upon the case itself, and on the other upon the photographer. One case may be so simple that any photographer, no matter who, may suffice. Another may be so difficult that the man of science will be obliged to call in aid the whole of his knowledge. On other occasions it will be the previous culture of the photographer which will tell us whether or not he is capable of doing the work. In a special case, if the investigating officer has some idea of drawing, physics, etc., he will set to work when another, deprived of these qualifications, would have to abstain. In the following pages some examples will be cited in which recourse may be had to photographers, but no distinction will be made between the work of the ordinary and that of the scientific photographer end of section 37